and they wanted to create uncertainty. Uh, they did not want people to believe that Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son of God. They didn't want that to happen. And so what they began to do is spread lies and tell lies, and, and they began to propagate this and create uncertainty in people's hearts, especially when it comes to the truth of the Word of God. And specifically, they didn't want them to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they tried to do everything they could to try to get people diverted away from truth or the real truth. And it says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. And what will they do? They'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And then there's a series of things that they talked, uh, Paul talks to Timothy about in this. Now here's the idea. Jesus challenged the people in the midst of all of this that the Pharisees uh, didn't know the word of God. Because remember when he challenged them, he would say, have you not read? How many of you remember reading that about the Pharisees? Haven't you read? Here's the thing for us. Would you want Christ to look at you and say, have you not read? See, we need to be reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God. He looked at those Pharisees because who should have known what the Bible said? But the Pharisees. But the Sadducees themselves, they should have known these things. And they did not because they weren't studying the Word of God. So the spiritual danger often prevails because many repeat what they hear rather than what they've read and understand. You know, we have a religion right here in this town that encourages people not to read their Bible. <laughs> it's right here in Minster. And they encourage people not to read it. They don't need to read it. We'll read it for you and tell you what it says. That's dangerous because... We need to be in the Word of God because God said, study to show thyself approved unto God, did he not? I don't get approved by someone else. I get approved by God. Amen. And he told me to study. So therefore, I need to be in his Word, studying his Word. Here's what he said in Mark 12, 10 and in verse 26. And have you not read the Scriptures, the stone which, was the, builders, uh, which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? And as touching the dead, that they rise, have ye not read in the book of Moses how uh, the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? And he's saying, have you not read? See, they misunderstood things, did they not? And he said, have you not read? Have you not read what the scriptures teach? So Paul was describing the dangers that many would face by those who have fallen into these false teachings. And he's trying to encourage Timothy, hey, listen, just keep on preaching the truth. The Spirit is with you. Do what needs to be done. Start telling truth. And eventually what happens is, is the power of God overtakes even those false teachers. And so the truth prevails. And so I challenge you with this thought tonight. Are you a reader or are you a repeater? Boy, in today's society, it's easy to just be a repeater, isn't it? Think about social media. What do most people do? Click and go on, don't they? They don't know whether it's true or not. They'll just pass it on. And, and what happens is we've come to be a society that we're not necessarily readers. We're just repeaters. We just push it on. Whether it's true or not, we don't know. And what I challenge you to do is when it comes to truth and the Word of God, go in and read it. Hey, yesterday we went out and we knocked on doors. So what's the reason you do that? What is the reason as a Christian I go knock on doors? And so should all Christians want to reach others with the gospel? And so not only should we uh, want to do it, but he told us to go and do it, didn't he? He taught us in the scriptures to go do this. So if you're not reading, you say, well, that's just not my gift. He never said it was a gift. <laughs> he said that we have a responsibility to go and reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, Readers and repeaters are two different kinds of people. 
Now, when I tell you to read, I'm saying read with understanding, read with studying, not just have read it. How many of you have read a document sometimes you get to the bottom of the thing and you can't remember what you just read? Anybody with me on that one? You get your Verizon bill, you get to the bottom, you're like, still don't know. And read it twice and you still don't know. And, and the thing of it is, is you have to read. And when you're reading, guess what you have to do? You have to engage what's inside this thing up here, right? This has to be engaged. And so when you're reading the scriptures, the same is true. That you put on the mind of what? Christ, when you're in the scriptures, who is it about? It's about Jesus Christ. Have you not read? Do you not know that the Bible is about him, that the truth is about him? So when you're reading the Bible, I want to challenge you to do this. And that is pray before you read it. Read it and then pray after you've read it. One of the things I like to do when I read my Bible, when I'm doing my personal study, I'm not talking about making messages for up here at the pulpit. I'm talking about just my personal messages or my personal devotions. I like to have a notepad right beside me. You know why? I know I can do the recorder and I know I can do all that stuff. But when God moves upon my heart, when I've read something from his word, I like to write it down. You know why? I don't want to forget it. <laughs> because that's God the Holy Spirit working on us. Pray before you read, read, and then pray after you've read. I promise you, the Holy Spirit will illuminate the heart and the mind. Now, don't just be a passive reader, be an engaged reader. So there's a difference between being a reader and a repeater. And the Lord wants each of us to be in his word and studying his word, not just repeating what others say about his word. So those who repeat and do not read, I believe what happens to them, they fall into some spiritual dangers. That's what he's talking about here. And as we look at this, one of the things that happens to them is they begin to depart from the faith. They begin to depart from the faith. And the second thing that happens to them is this. They can fall prey to these doctrines of devils. And lastly, they even will give fall prey to foolish rituals. And I know people who have left the independent Baptist church and have gone to churches where they're just engaged in foolish rituals. And, and the thing of it is, is that the way to avoid that is to know what the Bible says. So as we look at the scriptures, the first thing is, what about those that depart from the faith? He said, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Some are going to leave the faith. Someone, some of them are going to walk away from the faith. Now, as I share that with you, the first reference to the spirits in regard to the Holy Spirit, and the spirit that resides in us will let us know about leaving the truth behind. Listen, if you're saved and you pick this book up, this is not just any book. This is a spiritual book. This is the Word of God. And so when you pick this book up as a saved individual and you imagine this, God the Holy Spirit was involved in this being written, was He not? How can He not help me understand what I'm reading? And so when I pick it up, I want to be engaged in what I'm reading. So the Holy Spirit is involved. And the Bible says here, now the Spirit speaketh expressly. God the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer will let us know and will lay forth the truth. Not always uh, is it simple, but conviction comes to our mind. And what happens is this. How many of you have heard something you're listening to a radio preacher? And you hear something and you go, doesn't sound right. You don't know why, but it just doesn't sound right. Now it happens to me often. Because I hear some of these on the radio, and sometimes they're not sound doctrinally. I'm just telling you. And you need to be careful who you're listening to on the radio, because we'll just take it as, well, if they're on the radio, they must be telling the truth. I want you to know, just because they're on the radio or on the Internet, they're not always telling the truth. Amen? And sometimes they don't even know what the truth is. 
So you need to know, and here's the thing. If you're going to listen to a radio preacher, you ought to pray, God, protect my mind and my heart while I'm listening to this. How do you know who they are? You say, well, it's so-and-so. Now, J. Vernon McGee, he's great. You can listen to him all you want, amen? He preaches like as if it was happening today. And uh, you listen to some of these older guys, they can preach. But some of the things that are coming over the radio and the airwaves today, you've got to be careful about. Because some of these guys do not even believe that the shed blood of Jesus Christ is necessary. They don't, they'll, they'll, they'll even tell you that they want it out of their hymnals because it offends people. <laughs> and then they're coming on and they're preaching to you and we're feeding off of that. And I want you to know that's a very dangerous thing to do. And you need to ask the Spirit of God to help you even when you're in your car or in your home or reading something. Ask God to guide you while you're reading those things. Now, why? Well, the Spirit does not mince words, but the word expressly means clearly or exactly. And the saved have the Spirit of the Lord, and therefore we are able to discern lies from truth. You can discern lies from truth. Why? Because if you are saved, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And if you're asking the Spirit of God to help you understand His truth, He's not going to deny you that. He's going to help you with that. Because he wants you to have truth. Now the message that God uh, and the Spirit is clearly communicating is that some will leave the faith they know and, and they will leave truth for false teachings. And what happens is, is when an individual begins to give in to the lies and the false teaching, there's a process that follows. They depart. It comes to the place where they will start withdrawing and they will lead to abandoning their faith and inevitably leading them to even revolt. Not against you and me personally, but they'll begin to revolt against God. How many of you have talked to someone and you've heard this statement out of their mouth? You'll be sharing with them and you know that they've professed salvation at one point. And you say, you know, the Bible says, and you show them what the Bible says. And here's what they say. I know it says that, but. You know what that but is? But I know more than God does. But I know more about this than you do. But I know and God doesn't know. That's really what that but is. It doesn't matter to them what it says. It doesn't align with how they feel. And if it doesn't align with how they feel, therefore God's wrong and his word is wrong and I'm right because of how I feel. I had a young lady tell me one time, that's your interpretation and your interpretation is different than my interpretation. Guess what I showed her in the scriptures? The Bible is of no private interpretation. You don't get to have yours and I get to have mine. <laughs> There is but one interpretation, and it's God's. Amen? Amen? And so what it is is that you don't get to have your version, and I get to have my version. There is but one version. Amen? And this is the Word of God. So I challenge you to think about this a little bit. Uh, Satan does not want you to remain faithful and submitted to the truth, but willingly giving into the wicked ways and to draw you away, he wants to do that. In 2 Peter 2.20, you can write this down. I'm not going to turn there. 2 Peter 2.20, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world... Through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. I want you to know when he said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. <laughs> that departing is not divorcing the fact that Jesus Christ saved them. That's departing from getting the real truth out there. That's them backing off and saying, Well, I have my way now. 
And what's happening is, is the Spirit saying there's people that are walking away from their faith. And what the Bible teaches us is that they're entering back into the pollutions of the world. He said the latter end is worse with them than at the beginning. You know why? Because they know the truth. That's why it's harder on them. And people, how many of, how many of you have met someone? Let me, let me put it this way. I, I don't drink and I don't smoke. I don't look at pornography. I don't get myself engaged in immorality and sexual immorality. And I don't engage myself in those things. I have a friend who did. I'm 52 years old. I'm going to be 53 in August. I walked up to a friend of mine who has smoked and drank and done drugs and done all kinds of things from my past. That man looks like he's in his 80s. That's how bad he looks. Do you know why? Sin takes a toll on the body. And what happens is, is what he's telling us here in Peter, he said, for after they escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. Think about that word overcome for a moment. <laughs> it's overtaken their life again, hasn't it? And it says it's worse in the end than it was in the beginning for them because now they actually know the truth. How many of you have met up with a Christian who's walked away from their faith or departed from the faith and now you speak to them and they wish they never had? You've had that conversation with them where they said, you know, I wished I would have... How many of you know somebody just like that? What happens is, is now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. There are people that are just walking away from God. Just walking away from the Lord. This is why it's so important that as a believer you keep yourselves nourished up in the words of faith. And that we study and read and not just repeat. Look at verse 6 in this same chapter. And we'll get to this next week. But he says this. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And look what it says. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good, what? Doctrine. Not doctrines of devils, but good doctrine. Now, good teaching. Nourished up in the words of faith. Now, what I'm sharing with you is, is as a pastor, I'm standing up here and I'm telling you, listen, if you want to stay nourished up in the words of faith, here's what you do. <laughs> you got to stay in God's Word. you got to study the Word of God. You can't just let it be something that's in and out of your mind. It has to be something that I'm taking myself and engaging myself in it. I'm reading it. I'm studying it. But then I'm taking it and I'm beginning to apply it to my life. I'm doing something about what I've read. I'm not just reading it. Now, the Lord wants to teach us not to just be a parrot of false teachings, but to have developed a good, strong basis of truth so we don't fall into worldliness again. And so that's what his challenge is to us. There is a warning that wickedness is being taught by the wicked. And that's what he says next here. And watch what it says here. It makes this statement. He said, he said they shall depart from the faith. Now watch what they do. Given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You know what their latest craze is? The world's flat. How many of you have heard that lately? And that the world's not round, the world's flat. And I'm like, good gracious. The world's not flat. It's round. It is not flat. It is round. The world is round. <laughs> Amen? Job tells us that it's round. God says that he separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> Are you with me? And, and, and so the world is round. It's not flat. I even asked an individual one time, I said, even if you see the satellite page, I mean, we've seen satellite. It's false. It's a conspiracy. 
Okay, here's the Bible. <laughs> Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of what? Devils. It can really distract your mind to get involved in that stuff. Everything that's on the internet is not true. Let me say it again. Everything that's on the internet is not true. There's no truth to it. So, often, when you speak to an unsaved person about the truths found in the scriptures, there's often the expression of misunderstanding. They can't comprehend the context of what you're about to state to them. They don't get it. Well, why? Well, in Romans 8, 6 through 9, it says, for to be carnally minded is death. They can't understand. We call this the living what? This is the living word of God. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. This is alive. It's hard to get them to that place. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. The carnal mind is the enemy of God. <laughs> to think in the flesh, to think by the world's standards, to have worldliness is to be carnally minded and that is the enemy of God. That's God's enemy. And so when I read the scriptures, he said, for it is not subject to the law of God. In other words, when we think about the law of God, the carnal mind's not even subject to the law of God. And so when we look at this, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But the Bible says, if so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. The Spirit of God's in you. So whenever you pick this book up, it's the living Word of God. You can't have your own private interpretation. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of what? Devils. They'll go off the rails. So then those of us that are saved have the Spirit of God in them to be able to discern what is truth and what is false. And yet there are many that will give into the idea of this false teaching by paying attention to it. What it is is we give our time over to it. We start to apply ourselves to it. It has the idea that we'll adhere to it, to be adhesive. You know what I mean? It sticks. It starts to stick. And so you start listening to these false teachings and they start to stick. And what God's saying is, don't let that adhere to your life. Don't let that stick to your life. And so by paying attention, then you apply it to yourselves, you apply it to your life, and it sticks to you, no matter how ridiculous it may sound. We begin to believe it because we're giving in to it. And yet there are many that will give in to this idea. So the devil is sly. So what does the devil do? Well, he sends along imposters. <laughs> When you look at this, he says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So when he talks about uh, speaking lies and hypocrisy, he sends some imposters along. People that are being pretentious, false, fake, not real. We, we get our word actor or actress from this word hypocrisy. That's where it comes from. So a hypocrite is an actor. And so he says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, he sends along these imposters. So he's sly and he begins to send along these imposters. So whenever you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, there's nothing different about that, is there? The devil showed up in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? <laughs> Hath God really said? <laughs> is that what God really told you? What's he trying to do? Get you to think differently than what God had actually told you. And by the way, that's what some of these imposters do. 
They'll only feed you a little bit at a time so that they can draw you in or suck you into the lies. And then they want to hook you. I've shared this. I used to fish with uh, uh, a thing called the culprit down in Virginia. We used to go to the backwaters of Quantico. And we used to do what's called a Carolina rig. Any fishermen in here? Anybody else fish? Anyway, I'm a fisherman. So anyway, we do this Carolina rig. And what you do is, is you take the hook and you put it through and then you turn it and you bring it back. And then you just barely put it through again so that the barb of it's just barely sticking out on the other side. And so what you do is you just jig that thing and you can get it into lily pads and everything else because guess where the fish are? <laughs> they're in there trying to get frogs, so they're in there around them lily pads. You can strike those things in there and they'll even go across the lily pads and won't stick. So what happens is, is they think there's something going across them lily pads and they'll jump up there and when they grab that thing, all you have to do is, uh. you know why? Because the barb's just barely sticking out. They don't look up and go, huh, I think I see a barb sticking out up there. You know what they do? They get hooked. That's what happens to us. We'll start listening to an imposter. We'll start listening to a false teacher, and we'll think, well, that sounds good. Well, that makes me feel good. Well, that sounds right. My aunt, I want you to pray for her. She started listening to Joyce Myers. She went to a Joyce Myers conference, and I said, listen, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I said, you're going to be uncomfortable when you get there. And she said, why? I said, they believe in speaking in tongues. She goes, I don't think they'll do that at the conference. She came back and told me, I will never go to one of those conferences again. I was scared to death. She said, everybody start talking in tongues. And she said, do you believe that? I said, I believe there was a time for it, but now's not the time. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that what it is, is I'm going to draw you in a little bit at a what? At a time, and then I'm going to, you're not going to see the bar when he's going to hook you. That's how sly he is. He puts the imposters out there, and we get drawn in by these. The only way a believer can uh, give in in being enticed is not having the knowledge of the truth needed to combat the lie. You need to know the truth. That's how you combat the lie. When you know the truth, you can combat the lie, right? And so you know what the truth is. So these seducing spirits work on mental disposition. This is why it's important to study God's Word and to apply it to our life. When you listen and you give in to that type of thinking, this is when the teaching of the demons can take hold on a believer. Now listen, they can't get into our mind, but they can impose upon us. But it's us giving in. They can't get in my head. They can't get in my heart. If I'm a saved individual, right? But they can impose themselves upon us, especially when we're willing to take it in, and then we just get hooked, and we get hooked with these lies. Now, the doctrines of devils are the teaching of demons trying to persuade many to abandon their faith. In Romans 16, 18, I want you to think about this. The Bible says, For they that are set serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. And what it is, is some of these folks come in and, and, and they're imposters, they're not real, they, they're, they're faking this thing and they're, and they're drawing people in. And when they do, they hook them once they got them hooked. Then they think everybody's like that, don't they? And it's hard to convince them of truth at that point. So consider this. They accomplish uh, this by process of speaking these lies, and all they are doing is acting, perhaps even coming across as kind and gentle, yet they're speaking lies. They want you to believe them. They want you to trust them. And they want to draw you in, and that's what they do. 
but they're absolute imposters. The devil uses them. It's this, these seducing spirits work on that mental disposition. And when you listen to them and you give in to them, this is whenever we get pulled away. But if you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, what happens is, is that God, the Holy Spirit, can protect us, or if we give in to it, we can become, uh, we are a saved individual, we, be, we can become an inoperable vessel for God to use because we're given in to all these lies. And so the challenge for you is, is stay in the Word of God. If something doesn't sound right, look into the Word of God. If you're not sure about it, call me up. We'll look at it together. And I don't have all the answers, but I'll tell you this one thing. If you bring it to me, I'll help us look for it. Amen. And we'll look for the answer. But I want to challenge you to get into the Word of God. Last thought is this. Many who are trapped by false teaching are involved in thoughtless religious ceremonies. Thoughtless religious ceremonies. We do the Lord's Supper here. That's why I think it's such an important time in our church when we do the Lord's Supper. When we do the Lord's Supper, it's not to be a thoughtless religious ceremony, is it? It's for us to really consider our relationship with God. It's a time of examination and we let God look into our lives. And we remember what he did on the cross at Calvary for us. It's not a playtime. It's not just a religious ceremony. It's not just something you should go through. It is a time of examination. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and so let him drink of that cup, right? It's a time of examination. It is a time for us to really look at ourselves. It's not just a religious ceremony. Now, here's the thing. There are churches across the country that just do it as a religious ceremony. You just go do this. And we'll have it at this time, between this hour and this hour, and you just show up and go ahead and do it. <laughs> and the thing of it is, it's not about just getting it done, is it? It's about do I really understand what I'm doing? That's why the Bible is so clear in those passages. When you do this in an unworthy manner, things can go wrong for you, seriously wrong for you. And you can become sick and weak and even death can fall upon an individual because they don't take it seriously. It's not just a religious ceremony. That's how we're different. When we baptize somebody, it's not a religious ceremony. <laughs> we're baptizing them in the name of Jesus Christ, are we not? It's not just a religious ceremony. It's actually baptizing that person into this body of believers. And so these aren't religious ceremonies, but... There are people that host them or hold them like it's just a ceremony. And we're just going to get this done. And yet, we need to be careful of that. Foolish rituals. Let me talk to you about this for just a moment. Look at verse 3. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Do you know any religions where they tell you not to get married? Is there any religions in town that tell you that? <laughs> and then is there religions in town that tell you that you should abstain from meats at times? And the thing of it is, is what does the Bible say? When I go and I read this, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron, <laughs> they, they, they have their minds and their thoughts cauterized. <laughs> And so you look at this and you see this. They're forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. There are religions, even in this village, that forbid to marry. And yet the Bible teaches something very different, doesn't it? You know what the Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians 7, 28? But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. 
Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable in all. And the bed undefiled. You know what that tells us today, too, is this whole idea of shacking up is not a good idea because the bed should stay undefiled, right? Marriage is honorable. And so then he goes on and he says in Revelation 19, 7, and this is what I want to tell you. He's not just telling us that marriage is good. He's part of this idea of marriage, isn't he? He created marriage. And he said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. There's going to be a day whenever that takes place, isn't there? The marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing wrong with being married. Now, there are people that are teaching that you should forbid marriage, but also that you should abstain from meats. How many of you just saw that just recently to abstain from what? Meat. You eat something else on Fridays. They also have days where they have uh, days where they, uh, they are told to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So those involved in false teaching will often get you involved in erroneous religious ceremonies, which Paul clearly told them in Corinth to give thanks and it will be accepted of the Lord. So the Bible says whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God, right? So, you know, there's this idea that, you know, you're not supposed to eat pork. Anybody ever hear that? You're not supposed to eat pork? Do you know why they tell you that? Because they got the Bible wrong. <laughs> Jesus sent that swine off that hillside, so they are not even a part of that anymore, right? <laughs> but the fact is, is they tell us not to eat pork. Anybody ever hear that before? Am I the only one? How many, how many of you have ever heard that? You shouldn't eat pork. <laughs> yeah. Where does the Bible tell you you can't eat pork? And, and the challenge for us is, is these foolish things that they tell you are just foolish. That's why you need to read your Bible. If it's created by God, and by the way, I don't like pork. I just want to let you know that. I'm not a big pork eater. <laughs> we quit eating pork about three or four years ago. And uh, every time I did, my feet hurt. So explain that one, right? Those involved in false teaching will often get you involved in these religious, erroneous religious ceremonies. So we see that this same thought being brought forth here in the writings of Timothy, telling him to communicate to the people to give thanks to God for what they've received, and it's sanctified by God's word and prayer. So, you know, when, when I pray over something, how many of you ever watched Bear Grylls? Anybody ever watched Bear Grylls or Survivor Man? <laughs> I used to watch those shows. I love them. But man, one time Bear Grylls was out in the woods, man, and he found this skunk that had died, and he said, all meat is available to eat. And I was thinking, man, there would be one religious ceremony going on there before I ate that skunk, you know what I mean? But the thing of it is, even a skunk, if I prayed and asked God, right, what would be wrong with eating it? Not a thing. Why? Because he said, and by the way, I would pray hard, Chris, before I ever put it to my mouth, it would be like, ah. But the thing of it is, is that God said we have all these thoughts, all these things in our minds. But if we give God, give it over to God, and, and he sanctifies it by prayer. In other words, if it's unholy, he can make it holy by the blessing of God. And you're able to eat that creature, which I think knocks holes in vegans' lives, but right? <laughs> because a, a vegan can't eat creatures, right? They have to eat uh, uh, vegetables, isn't that right? So I got a T-shirt. I sent it to Mike. I can't, I can't remember what it said about vegans, you know. Uh, stop the violence. Quit eating vegetables. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it said. Stop the violence. Quit eating vegetables. <laughs> so, 
Uh, but it knocks holes in the thoughts of the vegans, right? So let me end with this. Let me just get you to think about this. What is this all about, Pastor? Well, I'll tell you what it's all about. There are dangers out there. There's spiritual dangers out there. There are people who want you to give in to these seducing spirits and these doctrine of devils. What does it cause you to do? It'll cause you to walk away from your faith. And then we need to be very, very careful that, that we don't give in to those kinds of teachings. And the way to avoid that is, is to be in the Word of God. And I shared with you in the beginning, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly divining the word of truth. You have the Holy Spirit in you. If you're here tonight and you're saved, the Holy Spirit is in you. You have the same ability that I do to open this book up and read it, and God will illuminate your mind. He'll teach you what this book says. You knowing this book will help you to keep from falling prey to those doctrine of devils. And what it'll do in addition to that, It'll get you to the place where you won't fall into some foolish ritual. But when we do things here at this church, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, I want you to really come in with a heart prepared because it's not a foolish ritual. It's us really fulfilling the Word of God. When we baptize somebody, it's not a foolish ritual. They're being baptized into this body of believers. So when those things are being performed and they're just being done and you just go do it, What's in it? But have the right heart, have the right attitude. So Paul describing the dangers that many would face by those who are falling into these false teachings. And so what is it? Well, pastor said, be a reader, not just a repeater. Read your Bible, study it. When I say read, I'm not just talking about picking up and getting to the end of the document and going, don't know what that's about. It's actually picking it up and reading and studying it. Let's pray.